Welcome back to the Nebraska Abilities Podcast. My name is Zach. I'm here with my lovely co-hosts, Nate and Andy. And we're here to talk about, yet again, another W from your Nebraska Cornhuskers. Battling against the Northwestern Wildcats on the 21st of October. Coming out with a very ugly, what felt like one of the longest games to watch ever. Uh, but an ugly... But a win, regardless, 17-9. to nine. Um, Yeah, that was by far a football game. That was one of the football <laughs> games of all time. Um, and I know, I, and so the three of us, all three there, were in the stadium even. So it was nice to go and see a Husker game live again. Been a while for me personally. So um, just, you know, quick thoughts on the game. To uh, kick us off, um, defense um, once again showed out like they keep continuing to do, uh, which is always great to see. Uh, for those of us that love the defensive battles that uh, football, uh, you know, is known for most times, especially in the Big Ten West this year, uh, that was by far one of the best defensive performances I think our team has put on, on top of one of the most Big Ten West games of the year. <laughs> Um, it seemed like a lot of the Big Ten West had quite a, their own version of the most Big Ten West game of the year, though. Um, you know, a lot happened this last weekend. Um, and to cap that off, of course, got to give a shout out to the number one volleyball team in the country as well with the uh, Nebraska Cornhuskers, uh, which also the statistic came out that that game was watched more than our football game. So hats off to them, obviously. Um We'll get more into detail, but I'm going to pass it to one of you boys. I'm going to let uh, Andy go first and just give your quick thoughts on the game. Yeah, like uh, like you said, it was a very beautifully ugly game. Uh, I am of the opinion that I, like I have stated before, I will miss this division once it is gone. I am, I am a true college football sicko fan. I love these types of games where everything is just so ugly and just so bad. And yet at the same time, it's like, this is football. This is Big Ten West football. And I wouldn't have it any other way. <laughs> so uh, I'm enjoying every every one of these last beautiful, ugly games that I can. And even going back and I watched the highlights of the Iowa-Minnesota game just because I wanted to see, you know, because that game happened when we were all at the game, so we didn't get a chance to watch that too. But just how beautifully bad and ugly all all of these games are. And in regards to our game, it was definitely, you know, definitely looked like that both teams that came came off a bye and not played for a couple of weeks for sure. Uh, just knocking off some of the bye week rust, and you know, once we emerged from the game, I mean, we found out on Monday just. The, the injury bug just keeps hitting the Nebraska offense time and time and time again. And the stat now, I think, is eight out of the 11 starters that started the season on offense are all now injured and playing us back. And we're playing with backups in eight of those 11 positions. So not, a, not what you theoretically want to see out of a team that is in the midst of trying to make it to a bowl game now. Uh, they're two wins away. Uh, first time that Nebraska has been above 500 since 2001. Um, and that is just something 
that I think we have to just enjoy right now. You know, it's been ugly. It's been very ugly up until this point. It has not been the best football that, you know, Coach Rule probably wants to see and what we as fans want to see. But at the same time, it's what you would expect out of a rebuilding year. Uh, you know, rebuilding program essentially is what rule is trying to accomplish here. And, you know, I think every single day that we should all get up and look to the heavens and thank uh, Tony white for what he has done to keep Nebraska in this season so far on the defensive end. And, you know, there's, there's not a single chance that Nebraska would be four and three, if it was not for Tony white and his defense and what they have been able to do to turn that group around, you know, they, finish the game with eight sacks and you know a lot of that is northwestern is not a really good football team either you know they certainly surprised us that they were better on defense than i thought they were again how much of that is the testament of how nebraska's offense is who's to say but you know they're one of the worst rushing defenses and they kind of kept our rushing game down i mean they did they limited a lot of the big rushing plays uh that you know i thought you know, Harburg or Emmett Johnson were probably going to pop off. But, you know, at the same time, I mean, that's just a testament to, you know, it's a week-to-week season. Um, and, you know, things can happen, especially over a bye week where you have time to kind of tinker and be able to adjust and do some more new things and some new schemes to kind of plan for your upcoming opponents. So I'm sure that's what Northwestern did. I'm sure uh, Coach Rule wanted to do that too. But, you know, he said after the game at – you know, they did a lot of the bye week stuff to kind of get Billy Kemp the ball. And, you know, we saw him go out in the first quarter. And then, you know, you add that on top of two two more starting offensive linemen that are out for the rest of the season now. So now you're playing essential backups on the offensive line. Backups on quarterback, running back, receiver. The only position group that really hasn't been touched is the tight ends. And you can't. You I mean you can kind of argue that one is a starter over the other, but they both play the same amount of time. So I don't really know if there you can define a backup at the tight end position at the same time. Regardless, it is like Zach said, at the end of the day, Nebraska got the win. They are defying, they are counting, they are taking kind of what Iowa is and not really adapting it to themselves, but they're kind of being what Iowa is right now is you have a manage, not even a manageable offense. I mean, they have the better offense compared to Iowa, but at the same time, it is not super effective at the, when you look at the numbers and the stats and everything offensive wise, we're better on Iowa, but I mean, they're, they're doing what Iowa does is they're letting their defense kind of put them in positions to win games. You know, Nebraska hasn't really got a whole lot of, out of the special teams in terms of, of setting them up for field positions or getting them, you know, some good kickoff returns, punt returns, touchdowns, scores like that. But it's what it's what Nebraska needs to do right now is kind of focus on those phases of the game to kind of set up their offense for success. Cause now going forward, I mean, there's just so much more unknown with the offensive line, what the receiver room is going to look like. Uh, Kemp is going to be back at some point in the season. Who knows if that's going to be last couple of games, you know, possibly a bowl game if they go that far. It's just, it's really tough to tell right now with how this offense is going to look and what we're going to do from here. But those are my initial thoughts there. Just overall, an ugly, beautiful Big Ten West game. Nebraska gets the W, and we don't apologize for wins in the Big Ten West.
Yep. I think that is key there. We we don't apologize for wins, period, and we don't apologize for them, especially when they come against the Big Ten West. So we are <clears throat> I don't know. It was it was an ugly game, but we found a way to win it. And at the end of the day, that's that's really what matters. Uh defense, I mean, like you said, Andy, eight sacks is gonna take you a long way. I'd like to see, I mean, a turnover here and there, but I mean they're they're swarming to the ball, they're uh, for the most part, limiting the big plays, they had a couple chunk yardage plays that they'd give up. But I mean, they were playing essentially bend don't break, and they did not break. I mean, you, you held them to a field goal every time they're in scoring position, and that's that counts for a lot. <laughs> I mean, the offense is what it is. Like you said, uh, we're we're playing a lot of backups. It's just kind of hope for the best at this point, and kind of put the best products that we can out there and see what they can do. Um, it's it's going to be an uphill battle, uh, but they ultimately did what they needed to do to win the game. Yeah, it wasn't pretty. Yeah, they have a lot to clean up. Um, it's not necessarily a, a great product, but uh, they scored the one touchdown that they needed to really kind of put the game out of reach. And yeah, it was... It was a game. It was one of the games of all time, as Zach said. And uh, I, I don't know. I going forward, it'll be interesting to see what happens with that offense. Who really, you know, sprints ahead in that running back room, and who who shows up in the wide receiver room. Um, hopefully, our I don't know. I I keep hoping our tight end room uh, shows up at some point <laughs> more than the catch a, a piece per game, but. Um, I don't know. We'll see. But, you know, the Huskers pulled it out. They won. It's it's on to Purdue week, and I'm excited. That's kind of my <laughs> my quick and dirty thoughts. You know, we're, we have a lot to learn from it, but uh, just got to keep moving forward. All right. Well, with that, then we'll just jump right into uh, arguably probably the most to talk about uh, from this game is by far the offense. But it's already been stated. Um, I think Andy, you said it, or Nate, we've all kind of mentioned it. Um, <laughs> we're playing with 80% backups now. Pretty and much. So, yeah. And so, you know, last week we talked about how, you know, is what Satterfield is getting from some fans, me included, you know, is it, is it really fair to, to harp on him so much when the offense that we're giving him or that he's working with, I guess, is, so depleted and you know now you know there's still some questionable play calls i think there's no doubt about that but you could say that in almost all of football right now it seems like there's a lot of we've said we've said that all year it seems like there's just a lot of coaches that are trying to be smarter than what they need to be or something you know whatever the the symptom is i guess you know a lot of these coaches have it uh and i, I don't necessarily think satterfield's the worst thing ever either um but with with what he's got to work with now, you know, our offense is bound to look not great and put combine that on top of all the rust coming off of the bye week. It just, it was kind of a perfect storm of a bad offensive showing. And yet at the same time, it was enough to win. And so realistically, this is more of a overall point to the team rather than just the offense itself. But specifically, I guess the offense, you know, they weren't getting anything going but they got the plays that they needed when they did specifically the one to Malachi Coleman, the touchdown to him 
was awesome to see the entire, I, I forgot it's been long enough since I've been to a Husker game <laughs> in person. I forgot just how loud and how crazy it can get. Um, it's always a good time. Uh, even when, even when it isn't necessarily a touchdown, you know, it's, it's loud and it's, it's boisterous. It's fun. Um, but then, you know, that was later been told that, um, uh, rule said that was basically Tom Osborne said, well, if you're going to do this, um, option run, you have to do the option pass. I can't remember the exact name of it mm-hmm. right now, Pull but belly. <clears throat> yeah, there you go. And that was the play that got it. So it's like, well, you know, Tom Osborne's still helping out the Huskers. It seems, <laughs> um, but you know, going back to, you know, Satterfield and what he's got to work with our offense did not show up and yet they still continued to go out onto the field and, and battle. And I think again, to the overall point of the team, you know, we've seen a shift from even the beginning of the year where, you know, we lost Minnesota in the last minute, which of course, all of us, you know, at hot take Nebraska here, we're like, Oh, it's, it's more of the same. And we immediately wanted to write the season off. And I think we've seen a drastic change. If nothing else, in the mentality and the attitude of the team where the offense, I mean, I'm just looking at the stats here. Heinrich had a quarter, a QBR of 19.3, which, you know, for those that don't understand the rating, you want the number to be higher, much higher. Um, 19.3 is bad. And I mean, I, I don't think he's going to sit there and tell you that he played the greatest game either. I'm not, I'm not saying, uh, you know, <laughs> I would much rather have him, because he's a proven asset at this point, but still, you know, you want a much better product from your quarterback than that. But, you know, they still kept going out there. They still got the job done. They they did what they needed to do. And, yeah, it was rough to watch. It was very rough to watch, but they they did what they needed to do, and they won. I mean, again, you don't apologize for wins, but when you look at it critically, um, I think it just stands as a testament to again, the mentality and the attitude that rule has instilled in the players. And of course his pregame speeches of, you know, if we die, we die at, you know, whatever, whatever he puts in his soup in the morning or whatever, you know, what he's taking for lunch. I want some of it because that kind of attitude is what I need, you know, to go do the rest of my work half the time. But mm-hmm. yeah, it's, it's it, on one hand, it, I wish our offense was more exciting, but when you look at all the stats and how broken we are, I guess, if you will, and how depleted we are, a lot of this is almost to be expected at this point. Um, I mean, <laughs> I mean, these stats are just bleak. Uh, obviously not the defensive ones, but man, these, these, uh, offensive stats are just, they're offensive, ironically <laughs> enough. And so, yeah, I mean, I this makes me just more excited for coming years because this is the biggest speed bump of our team right now. And it's it if anything, it's gonna give a lot of young guys plenty of chances to play and really grow into that position, which is good on one hand, but you know, we're kinda having to burn some red shirts, but I don't really think that's too big of an issue personally on the red shirt front. Um, just because you know, we we have no choice at that point. Like we have to we have to play them um, at this point. So it's tough to it's really tough to be worried about a red shirt when you have to be more worried about fielding an offense. So, um, yeah, I mean, to me, the offense just kind of rounding out my final thoughts on them. So as we don't belabor a point for four hundred minutes, um, for me, it's 
resiliency. I mean, there, if I had to stick one word to them, it's either that or just, you know, or a phrase, I guess, mental toughness. They, regardless of how slow everything got going, they, they stuck it out. They battled, they, uh, yeah, you know, they, they did what they needed to do. So pass it over to Andy. Yeah. Uh, so I am sticking to my bit. Uh, I know that we had talked about is again, I know, I know I shouldn't be saying it. I know I shouldn't be willing it to existence, but <laughs> when you, there was a growing part of me, especially the first two interceptions after Heinrich threw them of, is this the game that we're going to see Jeff Sims? Um, that first drive, I think, obviously it was one play because he threw an interception right away. Um, going into that game, I mean, Northwestern had the worst run defense, one of the worst run defenses in the nation. And Satterfield comes out and throws a pass immediately into the wind. It was a, it was a bad pass by Heinrich because he threw it behind Fedoni and right to the defensive back. I don't know what caused Satterfield to even call that play when, I mean, I get trying to come out trying to hit a big hitter right away, but if you're trying to feel out an opponent on the first drive of the game, I don't think throwing it with a guy that has not really been known to be a thrower is the best move. And then, you know, the second interception arguably probably was Fedoni's fault because it went right through his hands. Could it have been a better pass? Probably, but at that point, I mean, Northwestern gets the ball within, you know, your own territory immediately on two drives. And you're thinking like, if, like I said, if we didn't have the defense that we had, there's not a chance that Northwestern doesn't score on both those like touchdowns on those plays. And a little part of me was thinking like, is this the game that we're going to see Jeff Sims now? Because now these are the mistakes that Sims started making when things started to spiral and then he got benched, you know, again, a part of me still, still believes that if you want to see what you're going to get out of Jeff Sims, if you want him for the future, then rule is going to have to play him. If not, if you don't want Jeff Sims to be back next year, or if you don't want him to see what any part of his talents are going to be on this team, then I don't think you have any shot of playing him the rest of the year. And I think that is a question that Rule has to start questioning now, given the lack of offensive weapons that we now are limited to. And, I mean, if you look at, I think, the rushing totals for the team, I mean, I think Sims is still the fourth leading rusher on the team, and he's played seven quarters. So that just kind of tells you just the lack of, I mean, injuries obviously play a part in that, too, losing two of your starting running backs, or, you know, starting running back and a backup running back. but. I think at some point, if Rule wants to see what you have left of Jeff Sims when he's fully healthy, and if you want him to be a part of the team next year, or you want him to be somewhat involved, then I think you're going to have to play him at some point. And, you know, Heinrich is, you know, probably going to be playing more tougher Big Ten opponents now. I think you got the two or three worst Big Ten opponents out of your way now. And now you're going to really start ramping up into tougher big 10 opponents, you know, Purdue obviously is not going to be, you know, going against Michigan again, but you know, they're, they're two and five. They played Iowa within a one score game. So they're not just a cake, 
cakewalk either. I mean, they got steamrolled by Ohio State, but that's Ohio State, and we're not Ohio State. I just, I don't know. I I don't know what you do at quarterback because I think we're going to be having this conversation every single week, especially if, I mean, Heinrich also fumbled a snap. You know, these are, again, some of the same issues that Stims got benched for. And now they're starting to manifest themselves. And Heinrich didn't start making those right away. But now I think as the season is wearing on, as teams start to get more film on him and more game plan against him, I think that's starting to catch up to him a little bit. And, you know, whether that's a product of Satterfield and ruled coaching and adapting to those changes and trying to make Heinrich better, you know, obviously that's what we brought rule in for us to develop these guys. I think at some point, if you want to ask yourself, what do you have left of Jeff Sims? You got to play him at some point. And if that's, if you don't want to play him and you, you just want to run Heinrich the rest of the way, that's fine. Just know the fact that he's probably not going to be here next year. And you're either going to have to go quarterback shopping, or you're going to hope that one of your true freshman quarterbacks that you're bringing in is going to be a starter next year. And I think that's kind of the situation that rule has to decide right now is, do you see what you have left to Sims? Or are you just going to ride Heidrick the rest of the way? Cause now you're losing all, all of your offensive talent and you can still use Jeff Sims in a smart tactical way to get some of your big explosive plays. Cause as we saw against Minnesota and Colorado, I mean, he can make those big explosive plays. He can get you just some chunk yards, just, running the read option, doing whatever he needs to do. And again, I've always said, I think he's arguably a better passer than Heinrich. Um, I, again, I don't know how much we're going to be passing the ball now that we have like nobody left to catch the ball. Um, and we thought that early too, though. And right. we're still passing it way more than I right. think we should. So, yeah. And it's, I know obviously Malachi had that big catch and you want to get your true freshman involved and in everything, but you know, I don't think we're going to be targeting Malachi 12 times a game or anything like that. I mean, if we're passing the ball that much, I don't know what happened. But regardless, I don't know what you do right now with obviously I still think you play Heinrich. I still think you start Heinrich. But also at the same time, a part of me is if you want to see what a fully healthy now Jeff Sims look like after you've had some time to coach him, hopefully get through those mental mistakes. You just got to see what he can do and what he can play like. Cause I've always gone back to the fact is there's no way he would have started the season. If he was doing these mistakes during fall camp and training camp and all of that, like there's not a chance that he would have been the starter, but I don't, I don't know what you do with the offense going forward. Um, obviously you keep running the ball, but you, you got to start mixing it up is you can't keep trotting Heinrich out there for, 15 to 18 read option carries a game. And yes, we know he loves to truck people. He know, we know he loves to run people over. I think that's unruled to tell him like, Hey, you got to start sliding more. Like you got to start protecting yourself more. Um, Cause you start going up. I mean, they're going to be playing, you know, Wisconsin and Iowa, these defenses that are probably going to knock you on your butt now. And if you, Nebraska wants to save what any bit of explosive offense they have in Heinrich, you got to start protecting yourselves or, you know, you start mixing it up and start running the two QB system with Sims in there. But again, I don't know if you want to mess up the mojo right now. And I mean, why, why mess with something when Heinrich's been winning the games for you again, that's his sample size is obviously a lot more bigger now than Sims. And I don't know how much now we can look back at is, 
how much of that that like what you can get out of sims anymore but i just i don't know what rule does anymore and i i'm afraid that the offense is going to start sputtering a lot more if they don't start to try to mix up the offensive looks and start to i mean they're going to have to because you're going to be playing with backup linemen now essentially and if you can't you know even just create a little bit of run blocking i mean you can't certainly rely on the pass to get you you down the field to win games anymore um you can only run that fullback belly so many times before teams start to pick up on it it's like oh he's either going to hand it off or it's going to be some sort of vertical fly to one of the receivers now you know that kind of play design only works a handful of times but yeah the offense is basically sol right now (laughs) and but i agree zach i mean they're resilient they keep finding ways to kind of move the ball and keep you know, you only need one or two big plays to kind of get the momentum back in your favor. But, you know, Nebraska's just slowly losing every starter on offense. And I don't know how much talent is left there in the backs anymore uh, in terms of receiving because you're going to have to rely on those younger guys to step up and start acting like they've been playing for three to four years and they clearly haven't. So, you're, you know... They're going to just be go up against more physical Big Ten veterans that are going to push them around at the line and push them around trying to get open, create space, and all of that. And, you know, the running back room right now is just running back by committee. It's just going to be whoever has the hot hand in practice. And, you know, we were all kind of a little stunned that Emmett Johnson started the game last week. But, I mean, out of the three backs, I don't, I wasn't overly impressed with any three of them that played. I mean, they all had. You know, they're nice little chunk gains, but I wasn't like, oh, he was clearly the dominant back in the game. Like, this is who they should go with, you know, for next game or anything. I mean, they were just a running back by committee, and, you know, they were there. They kind of helped what they needed to do and everything. But with that, yeah, I I agree with you, Nate, at the same time. I mean, they got to get their tight ends involved. But, I mean, Fedoni had, what, three drops (laughs) on Saturday, too? So... He for sure had two, yeah, two or two or three, and then, you know, I don't, I don't know if the check, like that fullback check down, I'm still very puzzled on. Like, I don't know, I don't know why you're trying to run a fullback check down receiving option to, you know, a fullback. Like, you know, I, I just, I don't know what that play call, but yeah, Fedoni, Fedoni did not have a particularly good game. Um, I mean, I liked how. I mean, I'm not complaining about him getting the targets, hit getting him like more involved and everything. But you know, if you if you want to be an all ten, big ten caliber line like tight end, like you have to make those catches. You know, you can't be letting it go through your hands right to the, the defensive back. I mean, you can't be dropping a, a f- easy first down that'll help keep the offensive dry, kill drive or anything like that. So yeah, offense is just a giant, giant question mark right now. And I I want to say I know what to expect every week, and we kind of do. But at the same time, I don't know what to expect every week now because something new always happens, and something fresh injury happens, and then it's like, well, what are the what is Coach Rule? What are Satterfield going to do now? I mean, they're just pretty much got their hands tied behind the back of what they want to do, and I think it's pretty much just see if you can create space on a read option and hope it breaks for a big one to get you set up to do whatever you want to do next. But yeah, with that, Nate, kind of my rant over my little sad rant about the offense. (laughs) 
let's say on a brighter note, we, I mean, we ran for 163 yards. Like, Emmett Johnson still, he made it look like a dominant back, but he 73 yards. He had a long of 24 yards. Heinrich had 72 yards. Anthony Grant had 22 yards and no fumbles, which is great. If we can get that, you know, confidence back up and instilled on him, we'll have hopefully some uh, better times going forward with him. And yeah, I mean, it. it's an unfortunate situation that we're stuck in. I mean, you know, you don't go into the season hoping that you're playing, you know, 80% of your second string offense, but it's the hand you're dealt. And um, I don't know. It's, it's next man up and it's going to come down a lot to coaching at this point. Uh, you got to get the guys prepared to play the position. Like they're, they may not be veterans. They may not be, you know, have all the experience that we'd like, but uh, we can still prepare them to be in the right positions at the right time, doing the right thing. And um, I don't know. I think, it's not all lost uh, <laughs> this season for us. It's it's certainly an uphill battle, but um, there is something to be said. I mean, the, like we've all mentioned, the offense keeps fighting, and ultimately they have found ways to win, even though they've really tried to lose the game. And ultimately, I don't know, at some point it's, it's going to click. It might be this game. It might be after the Iowa game. Who knows? But at some point things are going to figure themselves out. And uh, we just got to, like I said, trust in the coaching, uh, trust the coaching staff rule knows what he's doing. I mean, like I said, this, this team just feels different. They seem more prepared than uh, past years. I mean, if we're being honest, if we throw a backup uh, in the game for any of the Scott Frost years, I, <laughs> I don't think it ends too well. And they're still, they're keeping the team afloat still, you know, and it's encouraging to see uh, for me, at least I, again, not, not ideal, but it gets the guys experience, you know, they are getting just kind of thrown in their baptism by fire. And at the end of the day, they will benefit from it. If nothing else in the future, even if this year doesn't work out, another year or two down the road, it's going to pay dividends. So uh, I don't know. I think we just got to keep trusting the process there. Um, Heinrich. Yeah. It, <laughs> he had the one interception that was definitely on him. The one on Fedoni. Um, and then he had the fumble that he luckily was able to pounce on. But I agree that there are some of the, certainly some of the isms that Sims had, but, he was able to tune it up and make the plays uh, towards the end of the game when we needed him. And he didn't necessarily mentally cave like Jeff Sims did. And that is kind of where I would like to see Harburg kind of stay in his role going forward. Uh, he, I mean, the guys rally around him and he, you know, is willing to have a short-term memory on the plays that aren't necessarily going his way. And, he could have eased just as easily on that very first play, very first uh, interception, first play of the game there, could have just, you know, hung it up and said, well, maybe next week. And he battled back, he threw another interception, and he kept battling back, and he eventually threw a touchdown. A beautiful pass to Malachi. Like, it's, it's going to be a learning and a growing process, and we know this offense was going to be 
questionable at best going into the season. And we know they have a lot to work on, a lot to improve on. But uh, I don't know. In my eyes, they are incrementally getting better. It may not be leaps and bounds week to week, but they're they're fighting and they're putting themselves in position to at least stay competitive. And that's, I think all we, all we can really ask for from our offense at this point, like they just got to go out there and play their best and, you know, limit the mistakes as much as we can. Obviously I'm not going to be cheering on for five interceptions a game or anything, but um, yeah, we just gotta, I don't know. It's, it's cheesy, but we just got to trust the process on it and, trust that rule has the right guys to kind of keep these guys on the right path. So that's kind of, kind of my thoughts on the offense. Luckily uh, we have the defensive discussion coming up next. Mm Well, so before we go too far, even with all the ugly play from the offense, I think something that we all agreed on as we were leaving was that regardless offense defense, that we played probably one of our cleanest games in terms of penalties, we only had three mm-hmm. and yeah, I mean, I think the three, I don't remember them all off the top of my head. I, I know one was a false start. Um, but like, I think that was a huge thing for me, at least like the, uh, you know, in terms of the process and, and the progress the team is making, I think, you know, previous years teams would have seen us getting eight, nine, like Northwestern did. Um, mm-hmm. and we didn't do that. You know, we, you know, the, the, the next snap penalty or the next snap mentality that the team has is clearly, you know, sunk in for the most part. Like, you know, I, I like how rule says it, how it's, you know, forget about it and just, you know, don't short term memory, but obviously in a game as long and as, as play based as football is, you can't forget because you don't want to do it again, but you don't want to harp on it. Cause it's going to make your play worse. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think like you said, Nate, you know, you trust the process. And the thing is, is we've said that in the past, you know, when we started this last year, we kept saying, we got to trust the process. We got to trust the process. It's going to, you know, it's going to eventually work the kinks out. Mm-hmm. It never did. You know, we thought maybe we were seeing some progress. And then as soon as we thought that a little bit higher up and then it would just, it would shoot even lower again. And so it's like, but this year we are seeing that progress. You know, if we would have played Minnesota, you know, instead of Northwestern, um, you know, we may have, if we would have played uh, Minnesota this last week against the Northwestern or whatever, you know, if we could get the North or the Minnesota game back, I firmly believe that we would win that one now. Mm-hmm. Maybe even Colorado. Colorado, I don't think was ever really a lost game until it just became too much and the team kind of shut down because that's how it sometimes works. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I think going into the, all of that, though, I think even with as ugly of a play as we've been seeing on the offense, we are seeing progress, Le- legitimately seeing progress now. And I think mm-hmm. there's a lot of good that's coming from it, even when the play on the field doesn't look pretty. Um, and, you know, I again, the fact that we finally played one of our cleanest games now, granted, I, I it's a lot easier to see penalties to me on the on TV than it is when you're there. So who knows? Maybe there were some missed calls. There's always missed calls in football. I understand that. But like, you know, what the refs called was three penalties on Nebraska. That's it. It's been a long time since we've only had three penalties in the game <laughs> mm-hmm. or at least under five. Um, and a lot of that comes with growth. You know, we're a young team, especially now with a bunch of backups. I mean, it's what do you do? 
Um, but yeah, like Nate said, let's transfer over to the good part of the football game. <laughs> um, but <laughs> the worst part, I say this, I say this kind of jokingly. The worst part is, is that they've been playing so well. doesn't really give us much to talk about. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, to me, uh, it was a good mix of, you know, overbearing the, the other, the opponent, the opponent with how good the defense was. And then even when we gave up some of those big plays, like when I, was it after the touchdown that we, we scored the touchdown and we were like, um, immediately they threw like a 40 yard pass to get right on the field. Yeah. yeah. And so I remember of us three sitting there thinking like, Oh great, here we go. Like that's where the defense is going to break down. And they did on that play. And then the guy that let the guy catch the ball, Malcolm, Hartzog. Hartzog, mm-hmm. he then later makes what two big plays and holds him mm-hmm. to a field goal again. So mm-hmm. it's like they very much have the bend, but don't break mentality, but also are able to just overwhelm, the opposition when they need to. And <laughs> the worst part is, is you never know which one you're going to get, but to still like, if you're a fan of defense, it's been a long time since I think we've been able to say this at all, but like the team and the, the defense and the black shirts, the, uh, the guys that have those have earned their black shirt. Like now it's like, Oh, this is, you know, this is what you're getting from a Nebraska football team is the black shirts, the defense, like they're going to hold you, and they're gonna they're gonna make you work to gain those yards. Yeah, they might give up some big ones now and then, but and they I mean, and even with like all the you know even with all the injuries and the offense not playing well, the defense continues to go out there and they continue to to play. And they're like, hey, like the offense goes three and out very often, and the defense still trots out and says, we'll stop them again. I mean, really, the only time we haven't seen them do what they need to do was Michigan. But we now know that's because Michigan was stealing our signs. So <laughs> Yes, you're right. That's a fluke in the uh, aspect of that game now. <laughs> yes, exactly. Um, yeah, I really don't have much else to add on to the defense. I think the defense, once again, just being the cornerstone of our team right now in terms of you know majorly on the field. Um, <laughs> they are majorly on the field. They especially were on Saturday. Um but again, I, I think I think they have proven again that they've earned their black shirts. And I, I know like a lot of people like to watch the offense score lights out and they you know, you, you don't win games if you don't score. But like, you know, a mm-hmm. lot of people really, really want to see those thirty-five, you know, forty-two score games type thing. Nebraska and the Big Ten by extension is just or at least the Big Ten West is just isn't doing that. Well heck, even even the East isn't doing that. Ohio State and Penn State play the game a lot closer than even the even the Vegas thought was going to. So, you know, the Big Ten is not going to be uh, is not they're not going to be the Pac-12 or the Big 12 with you know no <laughs> with very little defense. Right. They're going to put on a whole. They're going to put on a complete package type of game, and it's going to result in low scores. But that's that's what we're here for. That's what that's what true sicko fans of football <laughs> love to see mm-hmm. and regardless no matter how much my heart gets up to like 400 beats per minute it absolutely makes for some exciting football as long as we come out with a win if we would have lost <laughs> on saturday we'd probably be talking a lot different but right i'll pass it to andy for your defensive thought. yeah uh just a couple quick uh nuggets that i love stats that you know nebraska is the fourth rushing defense in the country and you know they like we had talked about, you know, they gave up a total, a uh, couple of 
big runs, uh, big plays that just kind of, you know, set Northwestern up for field goals, but still top five rushing defense in the country. I think they're, you know, top 20, close to top 20 in overall defense in the country. Um, eighth top 10, they're eighth total in team sacks. So top 10 at, uh, sacks for the defense as well. So obviously, you know, racking up eight sacks on Saturday helps that number a lot, but uh, yeah, it's just, you know, all the questions we had about the defense going into the season is, you know, we all thought like the defensive line was going to be like, we don't know what's going to ha- come out of that. We knew what the linebackers, so we thought our secondary was going to be, you know, the core of the defense just because it was all returning. Well, just from, you know, Tony White, uh, Terrence Knight, and, you know, those guys are able to develop that line where kind of all the thoughts, you know, have flipped now where like the defensive line is like the star stud group. Then the linebackers are, you know, about the same just because we know who we got there with Reimer, Hendrich, Gifford, and them. And then the secondary, again, you know, like Zach said, Harzog got burned on one play, made up for it a couple plays later. Um, outside of that, that was probably the biggest play. And, uh, you know, Omar Brown saved a touchdown run as well. Um, but secondary didn't have too bad of a game either. Again, Northwestern really wasn't that good. They're playing also with a backup quarterback at the same time. Um, but yeah, not not a whole lot to say about the defense. You know, I think the only the only tick against the defense is they just are not a turnover generating defense. And I think if they just had that component to them to where they were able to just create some turnovers and just get some momentum for their offense, you know, I think yeah, offense would be set up for a lot better success. Uh, kind of like how Illinois is, uh, the Illinois game was, is you set your offense up for success and the offense doesn't convert, which different story. But I think if they were just, yeah, able just to, you know, poke some balls free, get some, like if, you know, you're sacking the guy eight times, you know, hopefully you get some of those strips actually, you get some of those balls to pop out and then your other defensive linemen are there to pick it up. It's, um, you know, I think that is the only thing against the defense right now that I think, I wish it would be better. Again, I don't know how much of that is. How do you coach turnovers? Is it just hopefully your players are in the right place at the right time? But I think that is the only thing against the defense right now is they just they don't create a lot of turnovers, but they make up for it by stopping offenses and just you know bending and not breaking and just being able to get off the field on third down, not to let drives be extended against them and just get them rested so they can come out fresh and, you know, get another three and out and everything. But outside of that, no other complaints of the defense. I mean, I don't think injury wise, I don't think anything happened Saturday from the defense that I heard of or remember. So they should all be good. It was nice to see Reimer back in the game again. Uh, There was only one. It wasn't really an injury. Um, He was Mm -hmm. just held out more because he was banged up still was uh, Henrich. Um, yeah he didn't play he already didn't play much so he didn't right. go out with an injury they like rule even said like oh, he's a little banged up we didn't want to we didn't want to send Risk him back it. out there full right. time and you know cause an injury to be worse so that was the only right. thing i remember but yeah outside of that defense you know did what they needed to do is gonna have to keep doing what they need to do the rest of the way to keep just us in any of these games going forward if our offense can't pick up some steam and some momentum so i think yeah if they just are able to get just even a strip sack just an interception just somewhere in positive field territory to set your offense up for success i think you know the offense can put up at least a couple more points it just helps 
keep the momentum in your favor and just helps your team overall. But with that, yeah. go right to Nate. Yeah, I absolutely agree with you guys. I mean, defense is, you know, they're our cornerstone. They're the backbone of this team. Uh, they're keeping us in the game, and it it's really fun to watch. I don't know. <laughs> it's, like you said, Zach, it's been a while since we've actually had a defense that, you know, knows how to tackle and just mm-hmm. you know, actually knows how to shut teams down for the most part and it's it's exciting to see they they're going out there they're playing with a lot of fire you see i mean you get one guy that wraps up and then there's five guys right behind him uh ganging up on him and they're they all seem to be just really fired up and just excited to play and that's that's really i don't know that's awesome to see uh i agree with you andy turnovers are they have to come at some point you're right (laughs) i mean we had the two dropped potential interceptions i know mm-hmm. i think stanford had one and tommy hill only dropped one yeah so. the tommy hill one is a little bugged me a little bit because he mm-hmm. technically plays receiver too so you would figure he would have better hands than <laughs> the one that went right through it Ah, uh, that would make sense though because it was right at the beginning there he was excited he was like i got this i can run it for a touchdown and that all <laughs> he he did he the one thing as a receiver so not space in front of him <laughs> He did the one thing as a receiver you're not supposed to do. He thought ahead of catching the ball. And yep. He had so much space in front of him. Ball. He was gone <laughs> if he had caught that. But he yeah. didn't. Yep. So, I mean, they're they're in position to make the plays. You just got to finish on those plays, and uh, that'll that will hopefully come as well. I mean, like I said, I don't know if you can specifically coach that, but right, I mean, they're at least in position to make the play. So. I think my favorite why something has to give. <laughs> right. <laughs> my favorite going back to like the swarming part, it was like the very last play of the game with the sack where you had your two defensive linemen and then a linebacker all in on that last sack. And it's like, mm-hmm. how how does like three of your guys get in there on the last play of the game? It's just like, <laughs> you know, they kind of stood him up for a second, like walked him back and then they dropped him. So yep. I mean it was just fun to see like two defensive linemen and then a linebacker all in on that last sack. (laughs) (laughs) It was also just fun to watch that last sack because like, as it happened, I think all three of us were just like, Oh, like this is going to happen. And then they did. And I was like, (laughs) yeah, (laughs) but this might be a hot take going against what you guys said. Um, You know, in regards to the turnovers thing, I agree. I wish we could generate more turnovers, but I'm not as upset that we, well, I shouldn't say upset. I, I'm not worried that we haven't been able to do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I think because right now, going back to our earlier point, you know, we're trying to set the foundation as a football team of where we want to be. I, I don't think, yeah, I think the turnovers will come, but I think right now just making sure that we can play defense the way we need to play defense is more important. And I think, again, the turnovers, granted, <clears throat> we should have had two. We for sure should have had two of them probably there. Um, and then we did get the interception at the end, which was whatever, but, um, still technically a turnover. Um, but regardless, like, I I don't necessarily disagree that we shouldn't be trying to get turnovers, but I think right now the important part is making sure that we just play good defense. Mm -hmm. And so not to take away from the point of, you know, we shouldn't be getting turnovers, but I, I think that comes just as there, as the defense grows together and gets, and gets better. Um, but that's not going to be, I would say that's not going to be an overnight success, except for we've seen this defense take a dramatic shift from what we've had the last three, four years. So 
maybe maybe <laughs> I'm just maybe I'm just tempering expectations to make sure I'm not disappointed, in, you know, <laughs> potentially with something else. But uh, anyway, didn't mean to interrupt Nate. So you can go uh, back to you if you got anything no else. <laughs> I mean, I was just gonna say we we held him under 100 yards rushing, which I don't know how many games we've done that a lot this year, but I know it's a lot, which is awesome to see. Um, we held a team that's averaging 300 yards a game to 250. Um, so that's positive. And we held a team that is averaging 20 points a game to nine. So, I mean, we defense is doing what the defense needs to do. And they're, I don't know, they're just a treat to watch. It's, they had the one bad game against Michigan and I don't know it. I, they have to carry us obviously, but, um, they, have shown that they can carry us um, for the most part. And they have, they, <laughs> they, they, they just have carried us. So yeah, I keep them coming eight sacks a game. If we can keep that up, I mean, mm-hmm. <laughs> good luck to other teams, but uh, <laughs> yeah, let's, it, trans- let's transition over then to again, probably our yes. shortest segment. <laughs> the uh the special teams um avon will probably heard what i said last week yeah you he heard us <laughs> i guess i guess honestly that's that's probably the biggest takeaway is so when we were in the stands mm-hmm. i remember the announcer saying it was like a 39 yard field goal i was like that doesn't seem right and mm-hmm. then i i don't know if i misheard him which i must have or if he got it wrong or whatever which anything's possible his uh his kick was 47 Yep. So, yeah, 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 he, there was no doubt 10, 15 more yards on that. And he was kicking into the wind too. Mm -hmm. He He hit that in the middle high of the net. I mean, it was dead on, you know, you know where the all state hands are. He was like, (laughs) that was his target and he hit them. And it was just like, okay. And you know, like you said at the game, Andy, that's what he needed. No, I think uh he needed that confidence. He had at that point, pretty much everything a kicker can have against them. Um, I guess, I don't know. I didn't quite pay attention, but uh, <laughs> like against the wind, almost a 50 yarder, which he hasn't hit all year. Um, and then, you know, even rule in his press conference previous to the game had mm-hmm. said multiple times that, you know, he's got the distance or he's got, he's got the technicalities to do it. It just needs to all come together. Right. And that was the play. It did into the wind. Like, you know, Anybody mm-hmm. that was questioning him, looking at you, Andy. <laughs> hey, it worked. Technically speaking, you you were, well, we have to talk about this. So, of course, you were questioning him. But I'm looking at all the other fans out there that might have been thinking we had better <laughs> better kickers. You know, like, I, I kind of go back to what I had said, or what we kind of all have mentioned, or at least what I remember saying for myself was that, you know, it's eventually going to click. And when it does, I think he's going to be a really solid kicker. Now, granted, it was one kick. you might need to slow the roll a little bit, but (laughs) he still did it. You know, he did it. He now knows what he needs to do to do it again. And he did it in front of, you know, 85,000 people, whatever the attendance was. So, I mean, but going back to the special teams, the rest of them outside of that, (laughs) do anything. (laughs) I mean, I, I still maintain that even though we don't really have anything to talk about, I'm glad that we don't have anything to talk about too much because, Special teams have lost us games in the past mm-hmm. in such heartbreaking fashion. It's really mm-hmm. nice that we can just be like, hey, they didn't lose the ball. Hey, yep. they did the thing. Mm-hmm. Like, um, 
it was, I guess, a good a good testament to just the team in general. Again, where when uh, Billy Kemp went out because he is our punt returner, right? And, and then that's... went to Alec Bullock, and mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, he didn't he didn't blow the roof off the stadium or anything, but he did what he needed to do when he caught the ball. And that was going to be my question: is now who is going to be back there taking kicks or punts or? whoever you want to put back there is, are you just going to send a wide receiver there to fair catch everything just because you don't, you don't want to trust a younger player to start making kick returns and fumble. Do you just want a a nice secure fair catch now going forward and just kind of take out the punt return game at this point? Um, Cause kick return, you can kind of get away more with having a younger, faster guy back there. But with punt returns, I mean, you, have the chance of getting lit up, fumbling the ball, trying to return it and all of that. So now it's up to Ed Foley is who do you trust back there to either take the return? If you're going to, if you are going to return it, or do you just want to put bullet back there just for a, for sure hand to fair catch every single punt or anything like that. So got to decide that going forward now. But yeah, it's anything else. No. Yeah. Uh, Alvano, I mean, we knew he had the talent. It's good to see that he is hopefully getting the confidence and stepping into his role. Bushini just needs to be a little more consistent. But it, again, he's not like, like you said, he's not losing us the game. So I, I don't have any strong I, opinions there. <laughs> I'm looking at his stats real quick. And yeah, I mean, he uh, he's okay. I mean, I don't know what goes into the, the punt game, but like I'm looking at, he punted seven times, which first of all, mm-hmm woof um but he punted seven times and four of those seven were in the in the 20 yard line you know mm-hmm. for northwestern so i don't know i mean yeah they weren't the greatest punts i've ever seen and they weren't getting them down to the the one or the two but they were getting them back into their territory for the most part not mm-hmm. granted a couple of them when they were you know come i think at least one was out of our own end zone so yeah can't expect too much there but all right with that let's transfer over to the uh purdue fight and purdue peets or so, don't <laughs> <laughs> um to me i mean we've kind of talked about the whole game uh just from a standpoint of playing against northwestern this is gonna essentially be i think a similar type of game uh to me i think a key point that's uh, good to think about here is that we've talked about how, Oh, like most of our offense is backups now. And this is not to necessarily put Purdue down as a team. I think they're still a good enough team. They're just kind of going through what we are with the whole rebuild and all that kind of stuff. And I think this is the perfect game to get some of these new, new people, new guys into the game. Um, And I say that because, I think it's going to help build confidence. Yeah, they might not play the greatest game ever, but this is going to this is a much better start than having to go up against a <laughs> Michigan or an Ohio State, uh, or even in this case, let's say Maryland. You know, I think this is a good test to get. I mean, Maryland has kind of started to look shaky, but I think they're still a bit of the better team than us right now, just on paper. Um, but I mean, I don't know. We've played well enough that that doesn't really mean anything until you play the game. So. Uh, but for me, I think Purdue is a good, going to be another good test. It's going to be Northwestern once again. Um, just, you know, not, not Northwestern, but another, another team. Uh, apparently their head coach doesn't like the N on our helmets. (laughs) 
So I don't know why he's wanting to pick a fight there, but he hates yes. the alphabet. Yeah. <laughs> and I, and we were talking about this beforehand too, but it's so ironic. <laughs> I, I don't like the alphabet as he's got a big P on the side of his helmet, but whatever, dude, you, you do you. Um, uh, yeah. And I guess they're going through new head coach too. Cause Jeff mm-hmm. Brom left. So, mm-hmm. you know, I, I mean, two of, two of very similar teams, um, to me, I mean, I don't really have too much else to go off of. I really haven't gotten to watch Purdue much this year, um, other than I know that they're, they're not good. Yeah, they're they're not great. We're not but, good either, but <laughs> uh, yeah, it's, the thing is, is but you know, we're until, slightly better <laughs> until I can see a consistent. You know, like I know our mentality and everything's going to be there, but until I can see a consistent product on the field, I am not going to. I'm not going to give myself that. Oh, you know, we're, we're a better team. Eh, <laughs> let's, let's just let them prove that. I'm not going to make any <laughs> assumptions on that, but um, for me, the, uh, the quick, I think as the quick and dirty thoughts really just uh, about what to think of for Purdue is what I've kind of been saying the whole time is, you know, kind of follow what rule says, just play the game that you can play, limit the mistakes. Um, specifically on offense, maybe let's try to set ourselves up for a little bit better success. Um, whatever that means in terms of if it's play calling or maybe finding somebody to that we know. I, and I think with Malachi catching that touchdown, maybe he'll become kind of the, the guy to throw to. Um, I don't know that, but uh, just kind of, I think going in, I think with Purdue, I think we're going to have a good matchup. So I think, you know, play the game we've been playing and clean up the offense. You know, I have no, I have nothing for the defense, nothing really for the special teams. I think at this point, I think the offense is going to be the one where we have to be like, okay, as long as they can maintain what they, what they need to do and to get us the win, like they did in, against Northwestern, I think, I think the game will be great. So I will pass it to Andy. So if you have uh, if you have looked ahead to the weather, what it's going to be like on Saturday in good old Lincoln, Nebraska, hey. you have seen that football weather is coming upon us now. It's going to be going to be a nice forties, some some rain, maybe maybe some sleet options. We don't know yet. It'll <laughs> be a little windy, and. If you if you were on the internet and specifically on Twitter, there's a there's a nice video of one of the media members asking Coach Rule on Monday at his press conference about the weather on Saturday. And the entire time that the question's being asked, Rule is sitting there with kind of a, a little smirk and grin on his face, nodding his head like the true college football sicko <laughs> that he is. He he's definitely ready for this type of weather and this type of game. And I think that is what we're going to get on Saturday is if you thought last Saturday in perfect weather conditions, that that was big 10 West football now throw in 40 degree weather with some, some wind and some rain, and you're going to get even better big 10 ugly football. Last weekend's weather was just because the universe knew the Nebraska abilities guys were going to be at the game. They were like, this needs to be, (laughs) this needs to be a perfect game for them. I, I phoned one into my people. That's, uh, <laughs> did, could you do that? Bless you, us with the nice weather. <laughs> could you do that more often, or do you only get like three calls a year or something like that? Because I, I use my one for a lifetime, so you're welcome. Oh, oh a lifetime. <laughs> oh, well, 
Ah, uh, well, there we go. I guess I can't wish for, you know, no more tornadoes or something. Thanks a lot, Nate. But going with that point, this type of weather begs to run the ball. And I hope that's what Nebraska does again, is they know what they're good at. They know what they need to be good at is they have to run the ball. And whether that is, you know, if you can run Heinrich 18 times and make him be healthy, do it. If you can get a few popped runs from Grant Johnson and have them hang on to the ball, do it. It is going to be a game where I don't think if you, if you're trying to pass the ball on that weather, I don't think good things are going to happen for anybody on that field. I hope you so run for four verts on the first. <laughs> I was going to say, I was going to say. So you're saying uh, 35 pass attempts for the game? If we're passing the ball 35 times with Heinrich. Something seriously went wrong with the running backs situation. <laughs> if we're if we're having Jeff don't Sims wait. line up in the backfield as well with Heinrich, then. <laughs> Something seriously happened with the running back room that we need to address at that point. Andy is trying very hard to not only will the Jeff Sims return, but also will more to have more injuries, maybe with our running backs. Like, oh, we don't know what our running back room is going to be. Well, let, maybe let's not, you know, tell the universe that we're accepting of the possibilities. But, I understand how Nebraska abilities came about, but I really, really don't want, <laughs> I don't want to that live through it too much. <laughs> this year's already been enough. So again, it's Purdue is slightly better than Northwestern was, but I think I don't think if I if I had read some of the articles correctly that I did read about Purdue. Hudson Carr is more of a mobile quarterback now than Northwestern, you know, either their starter. I know obviously Northwestern played their backup, but I don't think Northwestern was much of a mobile quarterback team in the first place. Um, so Hudson Carr is definitely more of a mobile quarterback. So I think Nebraska has to game plan a little bit more for that. And, uh, you know, Maccabi ran over, ran all over us last year. Now, obviously we have a better defense, better defensive line this year. So, We'll see if he has the same success against us, but I think Nebraska is going to have to game plan a little bit more with their blitz designs of if you're going to try to blitz a mobile quarterback, you better get to him type situation. Um, you know, I don't know how much Purdue is going to do that at the same time, but I think Hudson Carr is better, probably is better at getting out of the pocket and being able to make plays with his legs and keeping plays alive in terms of that versus what we saw last week in North against Northwestern where Northwestern is definitely more of a pocket presence uh, passing team compared to what uh, Purdue can do as well. So I think with, you know, if Nebraska is just able to contain him, just force Purdue to make mistakes in terms of passing all of that, um, I think they're going to have, they're going to be set up for success uh, just with the rest of this game. And I, yeah, well, before, we, before I say about that with my prediction, I'll pass that tonight. Yeah, it's. I think it's going to be an interesting one, especially with how the weather shakes out. Because um, I Hudson Card is more of a mobile quarterback, but he's still a fairly decent passing quarterback as well. And so, I think that hopefully works in our favor because our secondary I, has its moments. Um, so, I mean, I think if this is a game that is one in the trenches, at least on the defensive side, I think we have the advantage there. Uh, Mockaby is a good running back, but we've 
we face some solid running backs and we've had our defense has had success. And so um, hopefully that'll work in our favor. Uh, otherwise, yeah, it's just seeing what the offense can do. It got to limit the turnovers, limit the mistakes as much as possible, um, especially in an adverse weather <laughs> uh, climate. You got to capitalize when you can. You can't be, I mean, if we're having even just 10 passes in that game, you got to make sure you're pretty spot on on most of those and get the ball where it needs to be. You can't be throwing too many interceptions or anything like that. And then, yeah, just holding on to the ball too. If it's going to be sleeting and maybe a couple flakes out there, the ball's going to be slick. So got to, got to just play smart, play well. Um, I don't know. It'll be, be an interesting game. It's, I think we're what a two and a half point favorite. Yep. yep. As a recording. At least. So, but here's the crazy part. The two and a half favorite. I was like, yeah, that makes sense. <laughs> the over under. And it's probably more because <laughs> I think Purdue is a better, better offense than what some other big 10 West teams do. Mm-hmm. But uh, the over under is 40. Yep. Kind of surprised. Uh, it should be lower. That's a hundred. <laughs> it should a hundred percent be lower. <laughs> we barely eclipsed 20. <laughs> I, uh, I don't know, but maybe maybe this is the week, and I'm gonna just keep saying it till hopefully it happens. But maybe this is the week <laughs> the offense puts it together. <laughs> um, I don't know how. I personally don't know how they're gonna put it together when the when they have you know a bunch of backups. And I'm not saying the backups are bad players, but you know there's a reason they're backups. So right. Um, Nate, did you have anything else, or do we want to hop right into predictions? Let's let's get into them. All right. Well. Since we're here, and uh, I like to fall on my own sword half the time, uh, I believe I won last week because I said twenty four fourteen. Sure, I and, haven't even looked. Okay, well we can <laughs> we can debate that when we're done. I think I won. I I'm the one that's got the sheet pulled up, so I just put it in there anyway. So I won. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, I mean, I did put that I won, but we can we can figure that out later. But no, you probably did. um for Purdue. So they said over unders forty. Um, if the Big Ten West in the last couple weeks has taught us anything, it's that you bet the under <laughs> and I don't sports bet, but if I were a betting man, I bet the under, especially when it comes to Nebraska. And especially as of right now, when, uh, um, right now our offense is very depleted, very, uh, not good. Some might say, um, it's been enough, but not good. Uh, so for me, I'm going to say Nebraska's going to pull out another big 10 ugly win. But it's going to be very low scoring. It's going to be another defensive showing for the Huskers. Uh, I'm going to say 17-10. Good guys. 20-13. to 13, Good guys for me. I think uh, we send those big, scary Purdue Pete eyes back to West Lafayette on close to Halloween with a bag over his head because he's scary enough as it is. So I think we need to cover all that up. Um, Gosh, I don't know that's a tough one i don't i don't think we're hitting the over <laughs> what you're the you're the optimist you're the optimist between the three of us you're 100 percent supposed to be the one uh, like you're gonna score 42 in good conscience i don't know that i can do that <laughs> um, <laughs> well, at least he's honest oh right. 
I think I'll go with a solid defensive showing. I'm not sure where we're pulling the points out of, but I'm going to roll with it. Uh, I'm going to go 21 to six, Nebraska. The points are coming from somewhere. <laughs> well, I mean, we saw, I mean, I don't know if it'll come off a big pass, but, you know, eventually our offense will break one, and that's where we're going to have that hope come from again. And then you two know. defensive touchdowns. Yep. That's right. Oh. Actually, I could see that. <laughs> I could, maybe not two, but I could certainly see one. All right. Well, now it's time for everybody's favorite segment. Uh, I need to like see if I can create like a little jingle on the internet or something. Fire, you know, you know, get get real technical in how we do our podcast. But everybody's favorite segment of the week: uh, Fire into the Sun Award winner. Truthfully speaking, I don't know. Um, I don't really have like a good specific thing i'd just say maybe our offense but it's kind of explainable why they would be fired into the sun so i don't know i don't know i mean uh if you guys got any i'm willing to willing to hear any arguments because i don't <laughs> I think, know i, got I think the uh the injury bug should be fired into the sun that is exactly yeah. what i was gonna say andy <laughs> <laughs> you read my mind i can i can get behind that you know? it's, it was so, whatever that bug is it's uh it's gone straight to the yep. moon <laughs> uh sun straight to the sun thank you it's all in the same place <laughs> uh i mean all in the same space but um hey, hey. <laughs> Uh, all right, injury bug it is. But I mean, if anybody else from other teams listens to our podcast, they're going to be like, well, yeah, duh. So <laughs> I suppose. Um, the only other argument I was going to make is maybe Satterfield for just some of the questionable play calls, like you said, with the, with the uh, starting on the game with the pass play rather than maybe getting the jitters out after bye week and just mm-hmm. a quick run play. But yeah. He's he's been up there enough. I think he's I think he gets a pass this week. We'll we'll save the consecutive fire into the suns for when he does something real dumb. <laughs> right. <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> Sounds good. Sounds good. Uh all right. Moving on then to trivia. Um so last week we had I remember the oh here we go. When was the first time that uh Northwestern and Nebraska played each other in history? That was 1902. Is that right? Mm-hmm. And then the bonus question, which had nothing to do with the time period, uh, <laughs> who threw the swaggiest? We said swaggiest, but I think somebody uh, uh, messaged me later and said, oh, this was the person that threw the swankiest. So I'm like, figure it out. Like, which is, which is, <laughs> regardless, who threw the swaggiest Hail Mary touchdown pass against Northwestern? That was Ron Kellogg, the third, third. to Jordan Westcamp. Wester Snatch. Wester Snatch. Did you guys know, by the way, that Jordan Westerkamp and Tommy Armstrong were roommates? <laughs> what? I don't know if that was ever mentioned when no. they played together, but they were roommates. Zach, that's just exactly like, did you know that the Eagles signed Julio Jones? <laughs> I, it was, And not only that, he was active Sunday night. Yeah. It's weird. No they idea. Make, they didn't make much mention of it on TV. It was weird. It was so weird. <laughs> Anyway, back to trivia. <laughs> um, um, so the winner this week was once again Chris. Uh, he, he got both of them correct. Um, but we did have another submission from our good friend Brock. So 
we are officially now up Yay, to Brock. two people that have played <laughs> trivia for us. So regardless of the fact that Chris won, which congrats to Chris again, but regardless of the fact that he continues to win, we now have more than one person doing trivia, which is exciting because we the put a lot of work into this to fight against the Chris Empire. <laughs> uh i believe uh it's execute order 66 maybe <laughs> oh, no. i don't know i mean we might be getting to that level but again so for those that may have just uh started tuning into our podcast obviously we have trivia which is this section um we just went over last week so now let's get to this week's which is uh, we uh, really couldn't figure out too much when it came to this. We kind of thought about it. And we were like, uh, we don't know. So uh, if you're watching this uh, at the bottom, we have it taken it's, across the bottom. Is Purdue Pete scary? Oh, well, <laughs> yes. And everybody, yes. everybody just send us yes. And we'll be good. <laughs> um, the trivia question of the week is what is the current win loss record between Purdue and Nebraska? So between the two teams, uh, what is that? record and then who is winning that series currently so very very basic very i don't know if we, i don't wouldn't call it broad but very very simple very uh easy to answer i think um yeah and so then if you are interested in playing trivia for wherever you consume your podcasts we have a i put it in the um uh description uh, there's a link there um, if you are heavy user on going to our, I think it's called a link tree. Um, I have a button there that takes you directly to the form, the submit trivia answers here. So you can do that. You can do it directly from your phone. You can do it directly from your laptop. Um, I don't know if we've said this before. Um, I, we do accept smoke signals, carrier pigeons, pony express, um, <laughs> might take a little longer. So if you do that, you have to send it a little earlier. Um, but you know, you got a week, uh, from when this comes out. So, um, and then also we have an email, which is nebraskabilities at gmail.com. Um, however you want to send in your answers, I believe at this point, like we've been trying to push more people to do it. We'll even take text messages. So, <laughs> um, I think, yeah. So just to wrap it up, um, wherever you consume your podcast, we have all the ways to submit your answers there. And we also have our email, which I have in the video. Otherwise it's nebraskabilities at gmail.com. And one more time, the trivia question of the week is, what is the current win-loss record between Purdue and Nebraska, and who is winning that series? And with that, I'm going to pass it around the horn for any final thoughts before we wrap up. Scared by 90. Always. Per don't. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and for me, I'll just say uh, two more wins to a bowl game, boys. Hell and yeah. I think I, you know, I, I don't know about you guys. I, I might be getting a little bit of hype <laughs> that we could see a bowl game. Because you know what that also means is that extended Nebraska abilities even. Ooh. Yeah, we don't know what a bowl game preview episode would look like. So we we'll see. Have. I mean, I mean, the boys got pulled out still. Boys got pulled right. out. And unfortunately, looking at just some of our predictions, just to kind of, you know, we're at the middle of the season. We might as well uh, talk about this quick. Mm -hmm. Um is that Nate the optimist? Nate was the hey, optimist. Still at on the table five, at seven and five. I said five and seven just because I didn't want to match up with anybody else. And Andy said six and six. All of these are still possible. And even then, when we said these, we were like, eh, these might be a little, might be a mm -hmm. little too optimistic because we were expecting a pretty down year. Mm -hmm. Um, so I mean, we might, 
we might see some uh we might see some bowl action this year. I, again, I'm not I'm not banking on it, but maybe. So, um any last minute thoughts now that we've talked about bowl games? <laughs> uh natty or bust, right? Nat- oh. Yeah, that's next right. year. Right. Next year. <laughs> we start we start the season next year with Natty or Bus drinking the roulette, all that. Well, Michigan's cheating, so like really that's like an extra win for us at this point. Yeah. That's yeah, that's fair. And I mean, you know, if they weren't stealing signs. And you know, if we're at this rate, you know, probably Minnesota cheated, Colorado cheated. So like really we're like undefeated right now. Like, <laughs> I don't know what more first. you can do. Yeah, <laughs> if we if we go back and we just change some plays around and you know do some stat changing real quick, you know we actually win those games. So right. yeah, so it's like we're really <laughs> like undefeated at the moment. So that's how I'm looking at it. So <laughs> the Nebraska the Nebraska Cornhuskers have completely defied our expectations this year. It's crazy. It's weird. Weird how that happens. Um, but with that, uh, unless you guys have any. This is now the third last minute thoughts. <laughs> uh, if you guys have any any last ones to uh, tie us off, if you don't, I'm not seeing any. I will leave you with uh, Go Big Red, Scurs by 90. Here we come, bowl game, hopefully. And as always, if it's a possibility, it's a Nebraska bowl.